Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion Podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. What is going on, youth workers? I don't know about you. It's probably snowing a lot worse where you are, but I live in Alabama and it's actually snowing here. It snowed today and it may snow tomorrow. Um, I don't know, but it was weird. That's the first time I've really worked in the snow. I've played in the snow, but I drive a truck, a delivery truck, and uh, and it was uh, odd to get, you know, to have buildup of ice and whatnot on the window and all that kind of stuff and get out of the vehicle and it's snowing and you're just, you know, and I know some of you do this for a living. You probably live up north. I used to live up north. I used to live in New York. Uh, shout out to Brooklyn if anybody ever listens to uh, from Brooklyn. But so I uh, so yeah, I was working in the snow today. It was probably about thirty seven degrees. Uh, you know what though? Uh, the Lord strengthened me. Uh, it was a good day. It was a good day today. So um, let me jump into uh, who's been listening to the podcast here. First of all, you're listening. So I'm going to count you. But uh, if you're brand new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Uh, and I would love for you to come back uh, and tell me what you thought about it. Or you just go over and leave a review uh, over on iTunes. Uh, there'll be a link down in the show notes. You can do that and tell me what you think of the show. Uh, but some people there in Mount Joy, Pennsylvania. I like that. Mount Joy. Would you like to live there in Mount Joy? I would. Mount Joy, Pennsylvania. And also Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm starting to think that maybe Mount Joy is a part of Lancaster. That would just that's just a guess though, uh, unless there's just a bunch of people who, um, you know, live in the in the you know Pennsylvania Lancaster Mount Joy area. Uh, Houston in the house. Thanks for listening, Houston. And then on the international scale, only two uh, internationals this week. That's the U.S. and the Netherlands. And let me tell you what, Netherlands. I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to just go leave a review. Netherlands, because I would love to hear why you love the, the podcast. What kind of youth ministry are you doing there in the Netherlands? Go ahead and go over to iTunes. Like I said, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Go over there and leave a review because I'm at 29 reviews right now. I'll be honest with you. I don't like odd numbers. I like round numbers and I need 30 so that my, you know, my slight uh, OCD that I have about, you know, needing things to be even can be taken care of. So if you t- go take care of that for me, would you please, uh, especially you in the Netherlands, but anybody, you can go over there real quick, leave a review, tell me what you think of the podcast and how it has benefited you and your youth ministry. I would love to hear. All right. So uh, lots of things going on and I'm not going to talk any more announcements or anything like that, but I do want to get into what I want to talk about tonight. And that is the use of responsive readings. And you say, Paul, why do you want to talk about responsive readings? Well, it's a good question. And uh, the reason I want to talk about it is that I grew up in the Catholic church and, uh, and there was a lot, there's in, in, in a lot of uh, mainline churches, uh, you know, Presbyterian, Methodist, Catholic, mostly Catholic, uh, there's a lot of uh, responsive readings, you know, Greek Orthodox, those kind of things where the uh, congregation participates uh, by uh, giving a response to uh, whatever the reading is for that day. And I've used them uh, over the years 
uh, at camps, uh, and I just found them to be powerful tools. And I started thinking about this, especially for Christmas time, you know, that, you know, we want students to interact with God's word. You know, we want to, yes, we want them to read it. Yes, we want them to study it. Yes, we want them to memorize it. But for somebody to understand the initial kind of, you know, to get that, that foot in the door, I think responsive readings are, are very cool. And, and they respond to it. And they see that it's not just a, a static uh, thing that they're looking at, but it's something dynamic that they can actually, you know, participate in. And, uh, you know, I feel like the back and forth of Scripture and response is better than the call and response method, such as begging for an amen. And once again, if you're evangelical, if you're Pentecostal, uh, if you're any of those things, listen, I understand it completely, right? Uh, I was a youth pastor in a uh, Pentecostal church uh, for many, many, many years. And so uh, I understand, you know, uh, but I think amen, amen simply means to be so be it, but you know, it's so overused I think it lacks, you know, intention, you know, uh, that the amen, in my opinion, and you can amen me if, if you feel like this is true, the amen, in my opinion, builds the preacher rather than the participants. And yes, I understand the, the reason we do it is because we want to know the audience is with us, but I think there's a better way to do that. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm just saying just because a kid responds doesn't mean he understands what you're saying. Uh, like I said, that's why I say it's more for the preacher and it's more used as a tactic, uh, a tactic for, you know, uh, making sure your audience is awake. And I just don't know if that's the best use of that. And I don't think it gives us the, the, uh, or it doesn't give the student the kind of experience with, uh, the word, right? It feeds the ego of the speaker, but leaves the congregation in the position of hype man rather than being thoughtfully engaged with the scripture, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to shed light on what is being said. You know, we talk about in Romans, right? You know, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that being true, I think it's powerful when a student hears themselves quoting scripture and they are hearing scripture itself. So I think it's a double blessing in that regard because they're responding to the scripture. They're they're feeding into it. They're responding to what the word of God says, uh, with a, uh, with an offering of themselves, something, you know, we prepare for them, uh, to read off the screen. And I just think it's, I think it's an engaging way to do it. It's, it's a way to get the, the students involved. It's a way to get people participating without begging for the amen. Okay. I promise you, uh, you know, I've heard it, you know, praise God. You know, I had somebody, come speak one time. And he said, praise God. So often the kids began to count. And by the end of the night, he had said, praise God. Some, somebody came up to us and says, Hey Paul, do you know that he said, praise God, 150 times, praise God, praise God. You know, he said it over and over again. And it became, you know, uh, to the kids, it became a, a joke. Uh, and I understand they, you know, it wasn't mockery in that sense, but it became ineffective, uh, on them. Right. It's just something that was, that the speaker was doing. And I think there's other and better reasons to engage the audience. And, and I think using, um, responsive readings are part of that. So let me give you five things that I think you could really, uh, uh drive home, right. With, um, with a responsive reading. Okay. The first one is proclamation. 
you know, whether you write the responsive reading yourself or you find one on the internet, which there are plenty there, uh, having students uh, to proclaim powerful truths from God's word reinforces the mission of the church and why students are in your meeting in the first place, right? They, they're, they're engaging with this powerful word. You know, you think about Psalm 100, right? Psalm 100 verse five says, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, let's say you had, uh, you had written a, uh, your own on Psalm 100. And the response was, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. That's what the students are saying. Now, imagine them saying that over and over again, right? They're saying that and they are, once again, conditioning, if you want to use that word, themselves to respond to what's going on around them, that they say, okay, this is, you know, the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And his faithfulness continues to all generations. So there's a lot going on there. So you say that over and over again, you can, you can preach this if you want to, because I think it's preachable as well. Uh, you know, basically this, this proclamation repeated over and over reinforces who God is and what he does and his eternal commitment to those who are his. Over time, students move from this is a new concept to this is the reality of my life. I was reading on a teaching website and they talked about repetition and repetition. They said repetition is a key learning aid because it helps transition a skill from the conscious to the subconscious. I want to read that again. Repetition is a key learning aid because it helps transition a skill from the conscience to the subconscious. So the same with scripture, right? If you keep saying, uh, you know, uh, Psalm 100 verse five, you know, over and over again, it moves from the conscious to the subconscious that suddenly now as a student gets older uh, and their brain develops and all that, you know, somewhere in there, they're going to remember, you know, from the days of youth ministry, you know, where you used something and you repeated it over and over again and uh, it gets stuck in their brain. And so now they have, you know, Psalm 100 verse five, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. It's a powerful verse for a young person to know. Now, growing up Catholic, I'm thankful for the prayers and creeds I repeated over and over again because the Holy Spirit has brought them to my attention years later, not as rote memorization, but as revelation that God takes, you know, the Lord's prayer and brings it to my mind because it's in my mind, it's memorized, right? Uh, if anything, football players, you know, those that maybe pray the Lord's prayer before a game, uh, every game, it, they know that, you know, passage of scripture, they know the Lord's prayer because they say it as part of uh, their practice or part of uh, pregame uh, warmups, or they say it at the end of the game, right? Uh, I find Aristotle's quote to be true. It is frequent repetition that produces a natural tendency. I love that. It is frequent repetition that produces a natural tendency. And that's what we want our students to have, a natural tendency to have God's word brought back to them, a natural tendency to think of, of the Lord come to mind or verses come to mind because they repeated it over and over. They want, you know, 
you know, they're, they're knowing in this, when they read that verse, that there's, they know several things about God. The Lord is good, his love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues to all generations. Okay, that's proclamation. Number two is agreement, right? They're, not only are they proclaiming uh, what, they are, what they are believing, they believe God is good, uh, and he is faithful. Uh, and all of those things, right? They're, they're proclaiming it. The second thing they're doing is, I believe, it, uh, agreement, right? Not only does each student proclaim the truth of God's word, but they are saying it collectively, building up the body of Christ. Consider what the apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and there be no divisions among you, but that you may be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. So a, you know, you can unite your group through scripture right? You're, you're repeating verses or you're repeating something together that, that brings your youth ministry into agreement. Amos 3, 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? So if there's something, you know, uh, not only within scripture, uh, but you want to put something in there, uh, that has to do with your values, right? You're responding and say, Hey, this is who we are. And then students respond to that. Uh, you know, you're building agreement among them that this is who we are. We say it every week and this is who we are in Christ. And this is who we are as a youth ministry, you know, binding hearts, minds, and voices together, whether as a part of the singing portion of worship, the opening to the message, or as the closing to the message, a responsive reading creates agreement as a whole. And yes, each heart must believe individually. They must grasp it for themselves. They come into agreement with their own heart. But the truth is, is we're making the truth easily received when we do it collectively. Okay. Number three, participation, right? I mentioned earlier how preachers prompt the congregation for amens and uh, and yeses. And, you know, some preachers, like I said, do it for ego. But I do believe the vast majority of preachers do this just so he or she does not have to talk to the air. You know, having some kind of feedback lets the preacher, the speaker know that, uh, that they're doing a good job. Uh, they're saying things that people agree with and so forth, right? They, the speakers want the audience to participate. You know, the early church was built on participation. First Corinthians 14, 25 says, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or, uh, or, or an interpretation. Everything must be done that the church may built up. It's built on participation, and yet we have moved into a sit and listen type of, uh, you know, dynamic. But I think what responsive readings do, it gets, it gets students at the congregation back involved with what's going on without having to dig, you know, for the amen or, uh, you know, people who say amen or oh me and all that kind of stuff. And I just think uh, that can be, that can be remedied uh, through a good responsive reading. You see, not every gift can be used every week, but allowing all the students to participate, to let each person lend their voice to the whole, regardless of the level of their spiritual maturity, is a powerful way to say, you belong and you can contribute. So somebody new uh, or somebody that's not used to church, they can participate at the level at which they're at and feel like they're adding to the service by simply lending their voice. Number four is affirmation, 
right? Affirmation. When you do a responsive reading, you are allowing students to affirm a biblical truth out loud and affirm what they have thought, but maybe never verbalized. So when you give somebody, let's say, let's go back to Psalm 105, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Students want to affirm what they believe. They want to believe that, that the Lord is good. They want to believe that his love endures forever. They want to believe that his faithfulness continues to all generations. In a deeper, more individual way, the student wants to know the Lord is good to me. The Lord will love me forever. The Lord will be faithful to me, even if I am unfaithful to him. You see, responsive readings allow students to affirm their beliefs out loud. And one day, these truths could become a part of their spiritual DNA in times of worry and doubt and pain. And suddenly, scripture or an affirmation or something that they've responded to over time uh, in repetition suddenly comes back you know, to their conscious from their, from their subconscious, right? They, they remember that the Lord is good and his faithfulness endures to all generations. And the last one is interaction. Oh, see, yes, students can read back the line on the screen and it's powerful, you know, for all the reasons that I've just stated, but if, what if students accompanied an action into their reading actions, reinforce the words being said in the Catholic service, there is a part that asks the congregation to offer the sign of peace, which is shaking hands with somebody. And the priest says, peace be with you. Congregation says, and also with you. And the priest says, now let us offer each other a sign of peace. And that's uh, interaction. You know, you know, I know a lot of people t- say and talk about the Catholic church being boring and you're sitting there and so forth and so on. But there is moments in there where you are participating. You are doing responsive readings. You are reading the, the you know, the creeds together. You're, uh, you know, praying together. You're, you know, doing something as simple as offering a sign of peace. And at this point, you know, you go ahead, you know, during that part of the service, you know, you shake somebody's hand. And this is more than just saying a few words. This is acting on a spiritual principle. Responsive readings do not need to be boring or dry. They can have life and they can even be fun for students, you know. Uh, what if you added some actions to your readings? Let me give you Psalms 100 again. Uh, and I wrote this uh, for Thanksgiving, but you can use this anytime, right? Psalm 100 does not, uh, we don't have to you know, drag that old chestnut out for Thanksgiving. You know, why not do it in March? Why not do it in the summertime? Why not, you know, be thankful, you know, throughout the year? And so I wrote this uh, psalm in conjunction, I wrote this psalm, I wrote this responsive reading. I, I did not write any psalms. Uh, that was mostly David. But, uh, you know, I wrote this responsive reading to help students uh, be interactive with it and even talk to one another possibly, right? During the thing. So example, if this is an untraditional one. You could, there's, I wrote a traditional one, but this is an untraditional one, you know? Uh, so I say, let's say the speaker says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. And the students, you know, it says, says shout your favorite thing about God. And the speaker says, uh, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. And students I have there put laugh out loud. You know, the speaker says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his and we uh, are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And students say, we are his sheep. We aren't too bright and we stink. We need Jesus. Bah, bah, bah. 
The speaker says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Students say, shout something you're thankful for, right? The speaker says, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And the students, the, the, the response is, students turn to someone and give them heart hands. And then the last thing is, altogether, uh, wild applause to God. And so you can see something like this Psalm 100 can be interactive. And once again, it's, you know, it's the way we learn songs. It's the way we learn uh, dances. The way we learn things is, is, is there are emotions. There are things connected to the songs. You know, if you grew up in the nineties, you learned how to sing, you know, our God is an awesome God because you had motions to go with it. You remembered them. And so when you apply actions to something like a Psalm, uh, like this, I mean, it, it can become traditional in your youth group that if you did this, uh, you know, as part of a camp, part of a treat, uh, do it for a whole month, whatever it is, you're, you're building, you know, a, a tradition within them um, to interact with God's word, to respond to it. And so I want to encourage you, think about doing some responsive readings. Now I have, I'm going to put some links down in the show notes. Uh, there's a link where you can, uh, you know, this is pay what you want for the Psalm 100. You can download it. It comes with the slides, all that kind of good stuff. But I also have some Christmas ones. I did um, Isaiah 53 and I did Luke chapter one, not the whole chapter, but Mary's, uh, the Magnificat, uh, where Mary prays. And then I did Philippians chapter two. And all three of those go into why Jesus came and what Christmas about. So if you're interested, if you're not a part of my newsletter, the Youth Ministry Roundup newsletter, I'm giving away all three of those readings. So if you want to do something interesting for Christmas and you want to do some uh, readings and see how your students respond to it, absolutely free to you. It comes with, uh, you know, both plural and singular where they can say I or we in it. And, uh, and all the slides are there, all the, the, the script for the speaker, all that kind of stuff. You can have different students take different portions. It's broken up. There's all kinds of ways you can do a responsive reading and include students in it as well. So if you're interested, whether it's the Psalm uh, 100, I'm going to put a link down there where you can kind of pay what you want for that. Uh, you can mark, put zero. I'm not going to be offended. Uh, and then you can also become a part of the Youth Ministry Roundup newsletter and get all of the Christmas readings for free. So guys, that is it for today. I want to thank you guys so much for listening and be a part. Once again, if I would love to hear from you. And the best way I can hear from you is if you either, you know, leave a review on iTunes. This is your show. You're, you know, you guys tell me, uh, how am I doing? And if you want to send, you know, you can always comment on the, uh, the SoundCloud, uh, page. Maybe that's where you listen, or you can send me an email. That'll be down below as well. The D the disciple project at gmail.com. You can always send me an email if you want a particular topic you'd like me to talk about. So guys, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I know we're entering into the Christmas season. Uh, I, I may have one more podcast, uh, maybe not, but if I don't do another podcast, I want to be able to wish you a very Merry Christmas right now. I know you're busy. You have other things to do. Uh, but, uh, I want to thank you so much for lending me your ears for a little while. And I hope that this was a blessing to you and to your youth ministry. So until next time, I'll see you in the next episode.
You've been listening to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast with Paul Turner. Visit thediscipleproject.net to sign up for the Youth Ministry Roundup newsletter and get powerful and practical youth ministry tools in your inbox every month.